So this is the last sermon in the series, and this is also this whole series is going to be put into a book, and we're going to call the book "Guess Who's Coming to Dinner." Amen. And it's going to be it's going to be a great book, and uh, the Lord will help us to do it. So the title of this last message, as you can see, is "Table Talk." How many know? Anytime you're around the table, there's some talk. Some of it good, some of it bad. But there's talk, there's talk, there's talk, there's talk. So let's look at this, Luke 24. We're getting towards the end. This is after the crucifixion, right after, in fact, the very day of the resurrection, Luke 24, beginning in verse 13. Now, behold, two of them, two of the disciples, not the 12, were traveling the same day as the resurrection to a village called Emmaus. It's about, about, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Remember, they got to walk seven miles, which was, I'm sorry, which was seven miles. I wonder where I got that from. from I thought it was being really deep. It's right there. From, from Jerusalem. And, and they talked together. How many know whenever people start talking together, that can go a lot of different ways. So instead of talking to the Lord, they're talking to each other. Of all these things which had happened, remember, only the women, only a handful of women know at this point that he has risen from the dead. So it was while they conversed and reasoned. I think we get in trouble when we reason sometimes. That Jesus himself drew near and went with them, walked with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Today we would say, what you talking about? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? This is so ironic. He literally knows what happened. Andrew, and have you not known the things which happened there in these past days, you know, in the past three days? And Jesus said to him, what things? You know, Jesus can mess with you. So they said to him the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Notice they said prophet, not Savior. And how the chief priest and our rulers, they were Jews, delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Next verse. But we were, uh, we were hoping... I'm going to preach that. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb astonished us. I heard rumors, but they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive, but... And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the woman had said. But him, but him they did not see. Uh -huh. 
Then he said to them, oh, foolish ones. Did Jesus ever call you foolish? Slow of heart. To believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them. How would you have liked to have heard that sermon? And all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Mm -hmm. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him saying, you know, hospitality, right? Abide with us, for it is toward evening, the day is far spent, and he went in to stay with them. Okay? He was a guest. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with him that he took bread, blessed and broke it. Does that sound familiar? And gave it to them. Then, say then, then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Woo! And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? While he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. You know, there's always one that says, I knew it. I knew it all along. Okay? Let's stop right there. So let's, let's, make, let's just make some points. Okay, you ready? Number one, Jesus will join you even when you're going the wrong direction. Oh, you should have amen me better than that. It's not like you've always been in the right direction. It's comforting. These people are walking away from Jerusalem. They totally misunderstand. They're all depressed. They're hoping for all the wrong things. Here they are. But Jesus says, I'm going to join them. He joins you sometimes when you're depressed. He joins you when you're going the wrong way. He joins you when you got it all mixed up. He joins you when you come to the wrong conclusions. He joins you when you're not believing the right things. He'll still walk with you. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. They're not just walking. They're walking the wrong direction. Number two. They said, we were hoping. We were hope. What were they hoping? They were hoping for the wrong things. They were hoping for the things they wanted instead of what the kingdom of God is supposed to make happen. We were hope. What were they? They were hoping that Jesus would lead a physical rebellion and throw and come against the Roman Empire and throw the Romans out so they can have their country back. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We get our hopes in things that have nothing to do with the kingdom of heaven. Or we start hoping things that we want instead of what God wants. On the way over here, I was listening to a preacher on the TV, on, on the radio, not the TV. I'm not that far advanced. I don't have a TV in my car. But I listened to him on the radio, and he said, the whole purpose of prayer, the whole purpose of prayer is for God to hear us agree with what he wants. 
not what we want. Oh, my God. Why would God do that? Because God's not going to do anything unless somebody asks him to do it. It's called free will. So God's just waiting on some of you to ask him, and if it's his will, not your will, then he will do it. Amen. My God, look at the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom, thy will be. How about this? Thy will be done in my life as you purposed it in all eternity. How about that? But we keep praying what we want. No wonder some of us are disappointed. No wonder some people quit church. No wonder some people quit Jesus because they didn't get their way. We were hoping. Oh, wow. You know, when you finally got to the point where it's all about what God wants, that's when you got pregnant. It doesn't work that way all the time with everybody. I'm just saying. I, I remember when I was, before I was called to preach, I, I was in, in a camp meeting in Roanoke, Virginia, and everybody in my little room was called to preach except me. All these young men like, I'm called to preach. And I'm thinking, uh, I know I am, but God just hadn't done it yet. Hello? Everybody in the church said I was called to preach. Hello. And I was so frustrated because I kind of knew I was, but God would, and I made up my mind. I am not going to do anything unless I hear from heaven. It's got to be God's will. And I got so beat up emotionally. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I finally got to the point, all right, all right, all right. If my calling is to clean the church the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. And I really was. And I still sometimes do. I was okay with anything. And it was that night in a mission service, in a world mission service, go figure, God called me to preach. Oh, and I could tell you some stories, but I'm... I don't have time. But anyway, I was called to preach. Something about a skunk. But anyway, I won't get into that story. Anyway, we were hoping. We, were, we get disappointed when things don't get answered the way we want them answered. But let me add on to, to this as well. Just because you don't see him or feel him doesn't mean he's not there. Regardless of what you're going through, I'm here to tell you he will still walk with you even in your weird conclusions. Point number three. Burning is not breakthrough. They said, oh, didn't our hearts burn while he was with us? They didn't even know who he was. But listen, even when you're going the wrong way, if you're a disciple of him, even when you don't feel him, even when you don't, how many of you have had that? You don't know what it's all about. You don't know what God's up to. He's nowhere to be found. But somehow you still got that 
Mm. 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 There's, mm. He's not talking right now, but there's something still. They felt a burning. And there's, there's Christians, my God, maybe the majority of the church world today, they claim to be Christians, and there's a burning in their heart, but they don't really know him yet. There's a difference between a burning and a breakthrough. And it's my job as pastor to get you to the point where you, you understand, yeah, the burning is real, but there's more than a burning. There's more than an emotion. There's more than a feeling. There's more than a hoping. There's more than I think so, maybe. There is the reality of Jesus in your life. Very real. You can know him. You can recognize. Some Christians have never, well, who was it said they had been in the church for 12 years and never felt the Holy Spirit. Something was burning. That's why they came here. <laughs> Something was burning, but there's no breakthrough. The last book of the Bible is called The Revelation. Some people think that's about the last time. No, it's the revelation of Jesus. It's not about the revelation of the last days. It's the revelation of who he is. And there's a picture of him there. My burning is not necessarily breakthrough. Number four, when you invite him in as a guest, he'll become the host. Notice they invited Jesus, they insisted. Listen, listen, Jesus is a gentleman. He will walk with you, but at some point, he's going to say, all right, I'm ready to go on. Where are you at? Sooner or later, he says, okay, enough. This is the point of decision. Maybe some of you are at that point in your life. This is the point of decision because I'm going on. I don't know where, probably back to Jerusalem, obviously, right? So he's going seven miles, and he's gone the seven. He went seven miles with them. You figure it, the quickest they could do that would be 20 minutes a mile, right? So seven times 20 is 140 minutes, right? Two, three hours, right? Two and a half, three hours. They're going in the exact opposite direction. But at some point, he says, okay, make up your mind. I'm going the right way. Now, what are you going to do? It's called an altar call. <laughs> what are you going to do? And he says, I'm going on. And then they said, no, 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 no. I don't know what this is, but there's a way. You, you, listen, I want you to come home with me. And if you'll let him come home with you as a guest... What you're going to discover, once you get in the house, he becomes the host. How do you know that? Because he's the one breaking the bread. Listen, custom says that the head of the house breaks the bread. That was that guy's house. Some people think it might have been a man and a wife. Or it might have been two men. We don't know because the other one wasn't named. But they went to this guy, Cleopas. They went to his house. He was the one that was supposed to break the bread. But it isn't an interest that Jesus is breaking the bread. 
It's not about what you can do to break your bread. It's about Jesus breaking the bread in your house. He is the source of blessing. The guest needs to become the host. The Savior needs to become the master. Give God a praise if you're hearing what I'm saying. Watch what he said, number five, because here's the revelation. How many would love to hear from him? Here's the procedure. Here's, here's the process. He took bread. Say, so he took it. Then he blessed it. Then he broke it. out. You're not getting anywhere until you allow yourself to be taken, blessed, broken, and given away. I love that old song by, by Keith Green. How, how many of you know Keith Green? Right? Yeah, you're all old. <laughs> he died in the... See, when I, when I... You have to be part of the hippie movement, right? You're, he died in, what, 74, something like that? He died right, at, right after I got saved. He was the guy back then that, that I would listen to. and all, They don't even write music like that anymore. And, and you ask the question, why did God, he died in a plane crash. Why did God do that? But maybe, maybe, maybe his songs would never have had an effect on me if he hadn't died. And that's just one person. So I don't understand everything, but how many know thy kingdom come? Thy will be done. Anyway, his song say, one of his songs says, Jesus commands us to go, but we go the other way. We're all going. Are you going in the right direction? We're going our way. We're going to Emmaus. We're headed home. But how many of us are willing to live back in Jerusalem? How many of us are willing to live in the perfect will of God? You say, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. Good. Some of you are praying outside of God's will. And if God did answer your prayer, it would be disaster. Disaster! Just going to let that sink in. Prayer, I, I, listen, we here in Western America, it's all about us. Ain't about you. You've been bought with a price. If someone buys you out of slavery, now you're a slave to the one who bought you. It's prayer is about what he wants and what the kingdom has demanded, not what we want. Doesn't mean God doesn't love us. Doesn't mean he doesn't care for us. Every time, you know, he has compassion on the crowds. He fed them. He healed them. But when it comes to the will of God and answering prayer, it's all about him. Sometimes he will just heal you because he loves you. He'll feed you because he loves you, all that. He'll bless you. He'll answer prayer. That doesn't mean you're all that. But the real prayers that get answered 
are the ones that pray according to the will of Anybody here? Anybody here with me? Can, can you all find Romans chapter 8, 27 and 28? We, we, know, we know the verse, but let, let, let's, let's find it. Let's get it up there. Feel, feel led that we need to go there. So we are what? We are taken. We are blessed. We are broken, and we're given away, given away. And catch this. It was in that moment that they recognize him. It's only in the breaking and the blessing that we are. This is, you may not like this, but the Bible says their eyes were deliberately scaled over. In other words, sometimes God's not going to let you in on the revelation. He's not going to let you in on his will because he knows you'll mess that up. So it's only when you're willing to be taken and blessed, and broken, and given, that you recognize him. Or maybe, as he broke the bread, y'all know where I'm going? They saw a scar. Oh, he is alive. Duh. The women, you know, it's like, well, if women say it, I guess no, women can be preachers. They've been preaching. He's alive. Well, we heard some women say, but women can't be preachers, you know. Nonsense. They were the first. They were, it was ordered for certain women to be the first to witness the resurrection. And they said, he's alive. He's alive. And they, 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 just, they just couldn't get it. We, we, need, we need to understand. Let me get to this next point. There is, there is his purpose, H-I-S. His purpose is in all our suffering. Do, do we have it? Now, he who searches the hearts, the Holy Spirit, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, Jesus, makes intercession for the saints according to all your needs. According to the... He intercedes. Yeah. Well, Jesus is up there. He'll, you know, I got a, I got an advocate. But yeah. Well, he's only going to pray. Sorry about your luck. And we know that. No, stay with all things. <laughs> Work for. But. To who? To those who, number one. Number two, to those who are the called according to. Oh, nothing seems to work out. Duh. You have to be in his purposes. Now watch this. So for three hours or whatever, he's preaching. Talk about a sermon. 
a three-hour sermon. It would take that long to go from Moses all the way through the prophets. But he's not just rehearsing the Bible to them. He's talking about, did you, he's taking those scriptures and helping them to under, listen, they knew those scriptures, they just didn't know how they came together according to his purpose. So he, he preaches, this is just like a lot of Christians say, they know the scriptures, but they don't understand how they work or come together. So he begins to preach from Moses all the way through the all the way through the Old Testament, and he preaches how this all comes together that he has to suffer and die and be raised from the dead. In other words, what you were hoping for is not what you're going to get, but here's God's plan all along. And to understand that you're not going to get your prayers answered until you get in his will. And once you're in his will, you can ask for whatever you want according to his will, and he will answer that prayer. I like this. After seeing Jesus, he disappears. They're at home. What do they do? It's nighttime. You don't travel at night. That's when the thieves are. That's where the danger is. There are no street lights. <laughs> Seven miles through the wilderness, through, through these dark paths, they go back to Jerusalem, not the next morning, that very moment. Listen, you'll travel at night through any danger once you meet Jesus. It won't matter how scary, how dark, how impossible. How people are telling you're crazy. Don't do it. No one travels at night. No. We've seen Jesus. And we're in his will now. And nothing's going to hurt us that he doesn't know about and he won't take care of. We're going back to Jerusalem. And there's another whole sermon we could preach there because they go back to the disciples. They go in the room with them. Jesus comes walking through the door. Ta-da! And I like this hospitality thing. It's very specific that he took fish and ate with them. I don't know why they had to make that point, except that all true believers love to eat. It's the only sin we're allowed. I just got off a cruise. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen some of you eat. He ate with them. You know what that also tells me? Once I'm, I get my glorified body, I could still have pizza. And I won't gain any weight. <laughs> now I have everyone's attention. Like, what, what? What do you say? What do you say? Listen. Revelation. Revelation always reverses our course and sends us to host others, even in the dark. All of a sudden, you know, Jesus was host, but now they become host 
They go to the disciples. They witness. They testify. Remember, the disciples had not seen Jesus yet. So that's why Jesus said he took fish and ate with them. Because everything seems to happen around a meal. Everything happens in the family. Everything happens in fellowship. Everything happens, like as it were, in church on Sunday morning. Not, not everything, but you understand what this is the center. When the rapture occurs, what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to eat. We're going to have a banquet, and Jesus is going to serve us as host. Can you see him bring? And, and the, only, the only scars you will see in heaven will be his. Yours will be gone. Your emotional scars, the scars from your past, all your hurts, all your care, not a tear will be shed, right? But you will always see his scars. Wow. A constant reminder of the price that was paid. Jesus didn't come and die so you can get that new car or, or because you desperately need a raise. <laughs> well, I can go through a list of things and offend a lot of people. I mean, he cares. You say, well, Jesus cares about it. Yeah, I know. He does care about every little thing. I agree. But the prayers he answers... He's moved by your pain. I, I, I get it. When you're hurting, he, he's moved with compassion. I, I get, sometimes he'll do it just out of compassion. But the prayers that really get answered are the prayers that you pray according to his will. Those are the prayers that will get answered. There's where we're at. By the way, it's not that hard to find his will. Just start in the scriptures. <laughs> God doesn't speak to me. Yeah, he, he speaks to you in his word. There's enough in the word to keep you busy the rest of your life. Just do what the word says. And as you go, say it with me, as I go, as I go, he will direct your steps. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But God can't steer a car that's not moving. You got to be moving. Get in the Word every day. Get in the Word. Move in the Word. And God will begin to answer your prayers. <laughs>